Maybe I'm just a bad Catholic, but usually when I hear the various stories from the gospel of our Lord speaking to us about needing to be like children or the servants of all, I never really feel like he's speaking to me. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying somehow I feel like I should be served or anything like that. What I mean to say is I'm a young guy living in the 21st century, and I'm from a city, albeit Jackson, but a little more than some run-down town like many of the villages in Israel at the time of our Lord. I don't really have a concept of servitude like they would have had, or even like some Americans would have had before the time of the Civil Rights Movement. I'm not really on the lookout to be the right hand of a king. I'm not really looking to try to climb a corporate ladder or be famous or something like that. That's not really my thing. So to hear our Lord's voice to me in these passages, I have to start digging at them a bit. And that's what I did with the passage today. The apostles are trailing behind the Lord and arguing amongst themselves about who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So what's the issue? On one level, the issue is that they're concerned about being above one another in God's kingdom. But on a deeper level, on a level that I, and maybe you as well, can emphasize with, here are the 12 apostles standing in the presence of the Lord Jesus, and they are concerned about the future. Here they have the Lord of all, and their mind is elsewhere. But for each of our sakes, I think we can stretch the passage just enough to consider many of our own present situations. Accepting the real presence of our Lord in the sacrament of the Eucharist, you and I are not necessarily trailing behind the Lord as we go about our lives. But we do tend to have the same tendencies as the apostles, always looking ahead, always looking towards something greater, or perhaps even looking back at something that could have been but isn't. At the recommendation of another priest, I have recently been looking into the books of Father Jacques Philippe. His works are all relatively short and easy to read, but he covers topics related to the connection between the spiritual life and our own disposition. For the purposes of this homily, I looked at two of his more well-known works, Searching for and Maintaining Peace and Interior Freedom. Father Philippe, taking the direction of many of the saints and other spiritual writers, considers interior peace to be a necessary part for growth in the spiritual life. Another writer, Father Jean-Pierre de Cassade, a Jesuit, comments that the great principle of the interior life is the peace of the soul. And so commenting on this idea, Father Jacques Philippe considers what things rob us of the peace of the soul. And there are, of course, a number of things, personal sufferings or loss, the sufferings of our loved ones, our own failures. But Father Philippe remarks that this sort, of connection, this sort of concern for a worry for the future can also be among the list of things that remove our peace because it removes our own freedom to act in the present day. And so he writes, sometimes it isn't worry to cause us to focus on the future, but to hope for something better or happier. It may be a very specific event, like a reunion with someone we love, or coming home after a long, tiring journey, or it may be less well-defined, the time when things will go better, circumstances will change, life will be more interesting. At present, we tell ourselves we don't really have a life, but later we will live life to the full. 
There's nothing wrong with that, but it does contain, contain a certain danger. We may spend our whole life waiting to live. Isn't that what the apostles are doing in this gospel? Their minds are off in a better future. They have no concern for where they are now, for what is real. Their focus is something which has not or may not occur. Perhaps for us, our focus is something which may not happen or may happen or something that could have happened, should have happened, something we lost a chance at, or something that we know we will inevitably miss. And so we tell ourselves that we missed out on the fullest happiness we could have had. We have to settle now, have to find the best future for us now, all things considered. And so we look ahead, waiting for something which may never come, or certain, but we certainly put all our energy into it. And that's where the apostles are in this passage. They have forgotten the one thing that is certain, the present. So what of us? How can we be different? St. Gianna Mola writes, As to the past, let us entrust it to God's mercy, the future to divine providence. Our task is to live wholly the present moment. To this end, our Lord gives us the image of a child. What is a child's focus? Short term, the present. They might have dreams. Some children have extraordinary dreams. But children don't go about their day walking on eggshells in hopes they'd miss their chance of being a fireman or something like that. For the most part, children live simpler lives. They lack excessive ambition. St. Paul writes to us today, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every foul practice. We can have this sort of jealousy and ambition over a number of things. It could be as simple as a position at work. If only I'll get this promotion, then I will be set. Or it could be more unreasonable. We can be jealous of certain celebrities or athletes and their opportunities. But holiness, the glory of our Lord's kingdom, does not lie in these opportunities. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, writes St. Paul. Yes in the peace of the soul. And where does such peace come from? The same place that children find their peace, in the loving embrace of their parents. For us, in the love of God, in total abandonment to Him. It is in this spiritual poverty that we are truly able to live. Now this is different than destitution. God does not intend for us to be without those things that we need in order to become holy or to grow closer to Him. Poverty of the spirit is the necessary condition for abandonment to God. It is a total giving of ourselves to his command. God isn't asking for a blind faith, but each of us must be willing to trust him as we act. Each of us needs to be so willing as to place these potential opportunities or what we may consider as mischances, place these all in his hands and say simply, you take care of this. Lord, I desire to be in your presence forever. Give me what I need for that and that alone. Blessed are the poor in spirit, says our Lord, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not will be, is. The kingdom of heaven is theirs now. That's the apostles' issue. They're bickering over who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So focused on the future, that they fail to notice that the kingdom is theirs now. Christ has already turned the whole kingdom over to them. 
That's our issue. We are, each of us, so focused on our own goals that we fail to live in the present moment. And so the thing we miss isn't our future, it isn't past opportunities, it's our real life today. That's what we miss. But the abandonment we must make to God has to be authentic, and for that it must be total. Father Philippe writes, we must put everything without exception into the hands of God, not seeking any longer to manage or to save ourselves by our own means, not in the material domain, not in the emotional, not in the spiritual. He continues to say that the issue most of us have with this is that such abandonment naturally requires some sort of renunciation. He says, we have a natural tendency to cling to a host of things, material goods, affections, desires, projects, and it costs us terribly to let go of our grip because we have the impression that we will lose ourselves in the process. And to us, this looks like a possibility of unending suffering or total failure. But let's look one last time at the gospel. Jesus says, the son of man is to be handed over to men and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the son of man will rise. The apostles only hear the first part. And St. Mark writes, they were afraid to question him. But notice our Lord does not fail to predict his resurrection. That's part of the picture, after all. Suffering, death, and resurrection. These three things cannot be separated. We cannot expect it to be any different for us. It is good for the Christian to desire an eternal future with God. But reaching that eternal joy isn't a future thing that will happen one day, a long time from now, our future is decided today. Our lives are decided today, lived today, in this moment. And for this moment, each of us are blessed to be united here, in this place, before the throne of the awesome majesty of God in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Do not miss this moment. <laughs>